Trying to see how you get up out of Gainesville, baby. Huh? How you get boy, up out of Gainesville. Boy, I still remember y'all coming to our high school games, boy. Yeah, yeah. Damn. I let you know we were turned up. You went to high school? <laughs> when they were coming to our Where your school? Where your school? The high school? Ten no, no, minutes no. from UF. Oh, so it was up that way? Yeah. I told him I want to get to the trade at some point. I told her what you told me when uh, you find out what your destination was going to be. Yeah, it was over. <laughs> It was over when they let me know. It was the only one place I would go, though, and that was here. That was the only team they had no first-round pick. The year I got here, CP got here. Me, CP came. Oh, yeah, it was a Sean. We got here before when they drafted Sean. Yeah. Sean, Sean Springs, yeah. uh, Big Griff, Big Brunel. That was a crazy offseason. I mean, one one Gator, one Hurricane. That don't really, that don't really move me like talking about though. Yeah, they timed it meant something, huh? Now, they timed yeah, it. Yeah, when they did it, now, for sure. them, both of them motherfuckers garbage. <laughs> Hold up, limitless. Take a stomach cap, pinning it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. Uh, on the mission, got me up. Uh, knowing me, I got the key. Uh, on the vision, I can trust. Uh, trust. Uh, limitless. Take a stomach cap, pinning it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. Uh, on the mission, got me up. Uh, no I mean, shoot, man. Welcome to the pivot, CP. Uh, obviously, Freddie T needs no introduction. Chan, in case you don't know, Marc. Uh, Clinton Portis, I mean, bro, I was checking out the stats, man. Almost 10,000 yards rushing, 75 rushing touchdowns, five catching the ball, 80 total, 2,500 yards receiving. I mean, truly just one of the best backs of your era. A member of the 2001 uh, University of Miami National Champion, the second best collegiate football team ever put together right behind the 2019 <laughs> Uh, Louisiana State University Fighting Tigers. Me and CP had a whole conversation about this. Um, but thank you guys for joining us again. Thank you for subscribing. DraftKings, also Happy Dad. Thank you for your sponsorship. Remember, man, subscribe, like, comment. We appreciate all the support. We're nearing uh, our one-year anniversary. We got something special for y'all, but today is going to truly, truly be um, an extremely uh, special episode, not only for you guys, but for us who are fans of this man and also understand how important it is that he gets to tell his story today. Normally, CP, we kind of like go back and I want to tell what people came from and the things that they've been through, but it's very rare that somebody reaches a certain height, deals with the adversity and achieves the success that they deserve and then are knocked down the way you are. Uh, recently, uh, you were sentenced to six months in jail um, you ended up pleading guilty uh, to healthcare fraud. And you said something to me recently, bro, when we were walking and you said, I ain't never stole a piece of bubble gum. And you hear stories of people saying of things they didn't do and were punished for. How does somebody that can say and really mean it, cause I felt it when you said it, I ain't never stole a piece of bubble gum, end up where you were. Man, you know, for me, uh, I think just the entire situation was a blessing in disguise. But for anyone who knows me, which all three of you guys know me, uh, you would know that's not my character, that's not who I am. So to even be involved in this, you know, it was like, uh, where is this coming from? You know, uh, I always felt like it was bigger than me. It, it, was, it was a bigger picture, it was something greater um, that I wasn't aware of. And, 
you know, I, I, I replayed in my mind from the moment uh, that the feds called and I'm like, what? Like, what you talking about? Like, do I need a lawyer? And I remember at that point, everything's just going wrong because I was willing to meet them when they first asked me. And we didn't meet. Um, I put them in contact with the lawyer. Obviously that went wrong. And from that point on, I just became the target. I think it was like 170 something people who actually accessed um, the Gene Upshaw account. And even the people who introduced me, names weren't on the list. I'm like, how he introduced me, you know, and he hasn't been mentioned, but I've become the face. Like I, I become the, uh, the, the John Gotti of a situation that I know nothing about, you know? And uh, constantly through trial, it was like the evidence was there. 21 minutes out of 178 people, and you have 21 minutes between me and the guy that you gave 26 charges that pled to 26 charges. And I've never sent this, I mean, this man never gave me any money. I never recruited anybody. All these people that I know, you know what I mean? Like all the people, NFL is small. All these people that I know, that I come in contact with, that I cross paths with, I've never talked, I've never spoken to any of these people. And then, you know, God bless the dead, uh, a, a good friend of ours, and Riche, uh was the second guy that I, I spoke with. But if anybody know Riche, you know how random Riche is, you know. Um, it was just one of those situations where I think it was way bigger than me. It was out of my control uh, to have a hung jury. I had a hung jury, you know. I had a hung jury in Lexington, Kentucky, an all-white jury. I had a hung jury in Lexington, Kentucky, on Thursday, the judge say trial, uh, jury selection Tuesday morning. Thursday, I had a hung jury. Jury selection for to start the second trial is Tuesday morning, unless you all work out a plea. Not only did I work out a plea, I paid the money back prior to any of this. So I, I paid the money back. Then we go to the plea, and there's still I still end up with jail time. You know, that's got to be bigger, man. You know, for a situation where you ask me, did I pay someone? I'm telling you, this is, if I charge you or someone charge you to fix your car, you can't go and tell them how much their work is, right? So when this man told me his fee, I paid him his fee. The woman said, that's too much to pay him. I've never had anyone help me with any access to anything. And all of a sudden you find one person who know and I go to prison for it, you know? But I, I think it was like a blessing in disguise for me. Um, the opportunity, you know, the, the moment to sit down. I don't think I had a chance to rest since I was like 18, you know? Um, go to the University of Miami, it was a hunger. It was a, a grind. Um, to go to the NFL, it's like you made it. And here's your opportunity to bring people with you. And you're bringing people with you then I get traded, and it's like, you're the breadwinner, you know? So since I was 18 or 19, I've never had a chance to just sit down and think. And all of a sudden, I think these six months gave me the clarity, gave me the peace of mind. I already had peace. I was already at peace, but it gave me a, a clarity of what's important, you know? Like, 
uh, how screwed up the system is, going through the system, being in a halfway house, being on home confinement. Like, I'm a 40-year-old man, and I got to call and ask permission? You know what I mean? Like, nonviolent, no priors, no nothing. And I go through this, you know, so I think it, it was given to the right person just because I always felt like I was a strong individual. But this has shown me improving. And then uh, the loyal friends, the the real friends and family, the people that stayed solid, the people that held it down, um, the people that made sure I was never stressing on the inside. You know, you sitting on the inside, you think of all these things like, bro, I'm sitting in prison. You know what I mean? Like I'm sitting in prison, taking away from my family, all the good that I've ever done. I've done good in other countries and everywhere else. And you don't take that into consideration. Like I got 70 people. I got Coach Coach Joe Gibbs, one of the greatest people of all time, that's speaking on my behalf and you ignore it. I got billionaires speaking on my behalf and you ignore it. I got pastors. I got regular people. I got people who every day encounter I help kids get into college, and you ignore it. So I have, I have all of these people vouching for me, willing to stand for me, and it was ignored, you know? And you you look back, you're like, who did I piss off? Where did I go wrong? What did I do? You know, because again, I've never taken anything. I've never stolen God and still gone as a kid when everybody was doing it. Listen, in today's world, it is so hard to find your match. I'm not talking about romantically. I'm talking about if you are an employer in business, but ZipRecruiter.com is the place for you. If you're looking for a lawyer, if you're looking for a nurse, if you're looking for an accountant and your business can't find the one for you, this is the best matchmaker in the world. Go to ZipRecruiter.com no matter where you are and you can find the perfect person to do exactly what you need. Everything in life, you're looking for help. You're looking for help with your schoolwork. You're looking for help with your job. You're looking for help with hiring. You gotta go to ZipRecruiter. They're the best. If you want help, Go find the best help, and that's what people do when they're successful in business. It's ZipRecruiter if you're trying to hire. Hey, listen, get in the game. Motivate your audience from accountants to zoologists. ZipRecruiter has it for you. Let them use their powerful technology to help you find the right candidate. That's right. They have an amazing technology that allows you to filter, review, and rate your candidates. Get the person that's right for your job. When you're ready to build a winning team, let ZipRecruiter help you build the perfect roster. You can try it free today at ZipRecruiter.com slash DraftKings. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash D-R-A-F-T-K-I-N-G-S. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Yeah, man. You talking about all the people speaking on your character. I think all three of us can speak on your character as yeah. well. So when I saw it come out, and I know other names on that list too. Me too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I'm we sure all, everybody knows who names yeah. on that list. <laughs> we all did. But to that point of the man you are, what's the genesis of this shit, man? How did you get involved in this? Matter of fact, I'm not sugarcoating. Fred Smooth and Sean Springs introduced me, right? And we were at dinner, a group of guys, a group of us out smoking cigars and having steaks. And, you know, Smooth said, hey, XYZ, I've gotten this and you got access to it. It was introduced to me as a use it or lose it. If you don't use this money, you lose this money. So I'm like, oh, okay, like, I don't know what it is. He said, well, you need to look into it. I look into my account, like I go check into my account. I'm like, damn, you know, I don't know anything about <laughs> yeah. it. Right? Yeah. I'm like, damn, use it or lose it. Of course I'm gonna access it. I've had a doctor. I mean, you know Mel. Yeah. I paid, me and Santana paid for Mel to come up here. 
for two seasons in a row. You know what I mean? So that alone would have been more than the money that I paid. They didn't, he didn't go through a timetable of how, of where. So when I when I talked to McCune, I'm like, yo, you know, you need the information. Like, do you need? He said, no, nah, I'm in the dock. I get this done. Like, that's what you're paying us for. So I said, oh, okay, cool. I don't ask enough questions. Yeah. But out of that conversation, which I think the original conversation was 10 to 15 minutes. So that means over the next year and a half, we had like a minute conversation probably five or six times where you're calling me saying, hey, CP, look out for your check. Hey, CP, do you need X, Y, Z or I need X, Y, Z? Like, oh, this is my date of birth. This is my account number. And you go 21 minutes, 22 minutes of talk time over a two-year period. That would tell you, that that alone would tell you, like, oh, maybe this dude don't have any involvement. But instead, I call, you know, I call Smoot, like, bro, what's up? Like, what's going on? You ain't never see Smoot come to my defense. You ain't never say Smoot, say, hey, man, I introduced CP. I'm like, dog, you... Shit, you introduced me to this. Why? Why my name in it and yours not? Sean, you and Sean told me about this, you know? So this is one of those situations again, man. I'm glad it's over. Um, hate I had to go through it, but it's one of those situations that I feel like uh, actually turned me up. You know, I, I feel like uh, becoming a spokesman through the people. You know, I don't think uh, people understand what prison is like. You know, I think about Plex mm -hmm. all the time, and I talk to Claret, all, you know, I talk to Claret often, and, you know, I think about the time they did Plex go to jail. Vic, remember I stood up for Vic? I took all this heat for Vic. Like, this, 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 this man went and sat behind bars, you know, Plex, go sit behind bars, Claret. I never seen that as me. And now that I've had the experience, you wonder why, like, Plex never talk, talk about it. Right. You, he moved on with his life, you know, like, it kind of separated and changed him. You see Claret, it changed him, you know, and you got to use this uh, to the point where I feel like it changed me. I feel like being the advocate, being the spokesman for the voices that don't get a chance to speak, because it's, it's a lot of good people behind bars, whether they made a mistake and they've done their time and need to be re-released to society, or, you know, they've been forgiven by whomever. It's a lot of good people back there. And the screwed up part is, you know, I go to the halfway house and everything you're forcing people to do in the halfway house, already got, already got a stable home. I got everything that you're making people or you're teaching people that's been gone for a long time to do. My house had been cleared. My address had been cleared. You already know. The neighborhood is good neighborhood, you know what I mean? So you didn't have to worry about me going back into society and not being prepared. I had my driver's license. I had everything in place. I got, I got offers and opportunities. And you see these opportunities and it's like, I'm gonna make sure you're not on, out on that date so you can't start that. You know, like I'm looking, I'm looking at it and I get to experience this like, damn, these people really hating on me. You know what I mean? So you put me on a steel bed, knowing I got a big California king to lay in, but you made me sleep on a steel bed, you know? And 
it was like you built up all this anger or this frustration or this, this, it's like they're trying to create a monster and then you say, I'm not a monster. You know what I mean? I'm the good guy and I'm not going to let you change me because you know who I am. I done stood up for you. I done stood up for you. I done stood up for you. You know what I mean? I done vouched for you. I'll give you your credit all the time from the time I was a kid in high school. I said, man, you know what? Freddie T, I seen you go and take, uh, who was it, Callum, McCallum? Mm -hmm. I seen you go take McCallum's job, man. I was sitting in the stands when it happened. That turned me up like Elijah Williams. He was the running back too. They moved him to corner because of you. You know what I mean? I seen this. So I said, you know what? Freddie T, a dog. When people say, dog, who was the best running back of your era? I say, dog, you know what? With Edge, with Freddie T, I like LaDainian, I like Corey Dillon. Like, those are the people that I looked up to. Those are the people that, that turned me up as a running back. So I don't say I'm better than this dude. You know, I'm giving him his flowers. I'm giving them their just due. But shit, I ain't going to turn down the smoke with him. Like, you put my film on and you put his film on. I stole a little bit from him. I stole a little bit from him. And I put it into a package that made me look good, you know what I mean? But I would always give them their credit. Robert McCune, teammates of ours, um, was alleged the, the ringleader of all this. And it's so crazy you mentioned him when I saw your name being mentioned and I saw all the things you were going through, it brought me back. He called me, like he cold texted me, he called me and he was asking me to help him. And I was trying to figure out what it was and what had gone on. And I was calling the PA and different things and then once everything started to come out, I was like, oh, that's it, you know? And it was one of those situations where even people who understand the Gene Upshaw Fund and understand all the stuff with the PA, because I was a part of it, I didn't get what was going on or why you became truly the face of the punishment. And I thought, and I thought that that part was extremely difficult for me to understand. So I couldn't imagine you going through it and the type of things Man, you're saying you don't. People with. don't even indict. You know, like the feds don't even indict these kind of cases in real life. You know, I watch, I watch Almost Got Away. I watch all the crime stories, been watching them forever. They don't even indict this. You know, they kept making this, oh, this $5 million scheme and Clinton Porter stole $5 million. And, you know, in the fine print, it tell you I received $100,000 and I paid $100,000 back. But the grand scheme, the 178 players that originally accessed it, I guess it added up to $5 million. You know, and then this is the craziest thing. The judge watched Robert McCune apologize to me in court. It should be on the transcript. The man said, I'm sorry for getting you into this. And everybody, look, this was the morning he boo-hoo crying. This was the morning that he played out. So I'm thinking, well, damn, once he plead, they're going to throw, you know, they're going to throw this out. Me and Van over the only two left. I know I don't have nothing to do with it. So the moment that McCune, like, he crying and boo-hoo crying, he going to plead. I'm like, damn, he tough, man. That man just 26 charges, 25, 26 charges. Military guy, too. You know what I mean? Like, damn, that's tough. So I'm thinking, you know, once he finish, you're going to say, hey, y'all go ahead. Man, them people still put on the trial for 10 days, only talking about McCune. They even had, they even had people come in and testify against McCune, and the man wasn't even in the trial. Everything was about him. So my lawyer's like, hey, did you ever talk to Clint Portis? No. Hey, have you ever talked to Clint Portis? No. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the 
must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Oh, shit, I'm sitting over here. Ain't nobody talk to me. I know I'm good. And I still went through this. And then you listen to people create a narrative or a story. Like, I got to endure everything that came with the media. I got kids. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I got kids. I got family. I got friends. They got to endure this along with me. Like, you ripping me. You ripping me for no reason. And I can't say nothing because anything I say going to be used against me in court. Then I testified in my own trial. This is the real killer. I testified. You got me on the stand to clear up everything that you talked about. And I got a hung jury. Come on, man. That's bigger than CP, I think it's, I think it's safe to say uh, the fact that we are in 2022, there's such thing as they call it clickbait, right? And in this situation, it seems that you're the big fish. Man. And it's unfortunate, you know, that it had to happen to you. Uh, myself, like probably many other football fans, they probably don't know half the guys on that list. You know, and I think that um, with that, the NFL, they, they, they work overtime to try to teach the guys about the benefits, right? But m like myself, when I was a player, I'm busy, on, I'm, I'm focused on playing. I'm not thinking about the benefits package. No matter how many reps come in there, I wanna play. We laughing and joking and trying to rest when the guys are up there. And uh, you know, and, and we have to take that on the chin for not knowing. But with that, uh, I wanna ask you, has the NFL reached out to you? You know, to be an advocate, to, to go in the building, to, to be able to talk to the young players, you know, because one, they've tried to make an example out of you. So I would think that the NFL would wanna use you as the example to help everybody else. I would think that too, but you know, uh, through my NFL Connect, the NFL stopped someone from testifying on my behalf. Like, I'm like, damn, this is the NFL PA. You know, like, I deal with y'all. You all invite me out. Like, I'm in the community with you all. Somebody come speak on my behalf. You know what? He texted me back and said, hey, bro, they don't want me to get involved. They don't want you to get involved. I got the text messages. You know what I mean? Like, damn, they don't want you to get involved. Like, you can't speak on my behalf. NFL hasn't reached out to me. Wow. They, they reach out to everybody else. Like, for the longest, I've been the poster child for negativity. You keep on throwing me under the bus. I'm speaking my truth from the Sports Illustrated article to anything else. I spoke my truth. That's how I felt. That's not how I acted. That's not what I did. It was a thought that I had that I shared. I shared this thought with you all to get it off my chest, to be able to release me from the demons that I was experiencing to move on in life. And then sharing that with you, you constantly throwing me under the bus. I keep smiling. I keep winning. I keep, I keep fighting. I keep doing it. It's like, damn, man, when is enough enough? Because you know I don't mess with nobody. When you see me, it's a tilt hat, CP, what's up? I'm always in a good mood. When you reach out to me, when I cross paths with you, I'm always the same CP. Nothing ever changed. So why you keep on, you know, I keep being, every time the media pop up, 
oh, Portis, you using me in a negative light. Y'all going to do nothing negative. I'm out here with these kids trying to make them better, trying to make sure they don't go through what we went through. You know what I mean? Me and you been in some of the same situations. Yeah. My name was at the top of the list. They don't even know you was involved. Why do you think that's the case? Because I know, I know when I played, I was under the radar. You, you can hear, like they joke about it, say, Fred, you never did time. I got locked up one time and uh, <laughs> on South Beach, so they laugh at me. But you know that- <laughs> He didn't get locked up. This is, I did get locked this is, up. He got detained. But, but I, ain't gonna, I ain't gonna brag about it. But you know, I'm usually under the radar and I kind of stayed off of it. You know, I stayed out of sight. You know, and, and granted, I've never seen you do anything crazy or wrong, but you were a little louder than me. What, Not what in a was, negative way. What was the loud part? I was in a different market. You was in Jacksonville exactly. so, in New England. I so, was in D.C. media. So sometimes people take that and, and they'll say, okay, I can shine a light over here versus this guy's out of sight, out of mind. And I'm just using that as an example, yeah, right? I, I, I want to know why, why have you been the target? I have no idea. And I, 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 I don't know. I couldn't tell you why I've been the target because I don't, anybody who come in contact with me would say, hey man, you know what? That dude got good energy. Like you don't hear negativity I mean, I coming that. out my mouth. Yeah, so anybody who comes in contact with me know that. Like I'm always, I'm always here. You don't see me down and out. Like I'm not having a depressing conversation with you. I'm checking on the family. I'm checking on the kids. Whatever it is, whatever we're talking about, it's 100 on my side. Right. But for someone within media or politics or somewhere, I done crossed paths with them and rubbed them the wrong way. Whoever it is that's targeting me, I'm talking about, bro, I get my indictment at the same time the president get impeached. My shit like, tweeted out way more. Me? Like, you talking about impeachment. And I'm tweeted out more. Like, when did I become that important? Like, who was paying attention to me with the negativity? You know what I mean? Like, who paying attention to me? Like, who after me like that? And then I'm up, like, people see me like, damn, he still got his head up. Like, man, this dude done endured a lot. Like, oh man, I feel bad for you. I ain't asking nobody to feel bad about for me. I ain't asking nobody for nothing. I ain't asking for no handouts. You know what I mean? So you feeling bad about me? And it's still like, okay, let me dust myself off and get back up. I played running back. I played running back. You know what I mean? So I I say, but no, but no, I say, just answer your question. Like the thing they talking about, uh, like breaking, you had to break them. The biggest slave. Buck breaking. You had to buck, oh, break. buck breaking. Big market. You was rambunctious. You had all the outfits. You had all those unit, the, 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 the costumes going to the thing. You were the baddest thing running the football, you know, mm -hmm. one of the baddest things. No, 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 hey. <laughs> but I played him at his prime, the man was he special. he jumped on the scene, <laughs> yeah. and what he did, yeah. hey. So nah. you're the baddest thing running the ball, you got money, you showing you got money, you wearing costumes, you talking, you loud, they had to break you. But understand this, the costumes were never meant for the public eye. It's so fun though, dog. We used the to wait on that job. We used to stand around and wait on it. That was me playing with my teammates, mm -hmm. and the media caught wind of it. That's it. That wasn't for the public eye. After the third time that I did it, I didn't show up with no costume. I was done with it. Yeah. It was over and done with. I come, I come to work, I see CNN. I see, I'm like, damn, like what happened? We done fired a coach. Like what happened? Why, why all this media in our parking lot? I go inside like, man, what's going on? You know, I'm, I'm inquisitive. Like I need to know what's happening. 
They say, oh, they're here for your, for your media day. I said, for my media day? Like, <laughs> we said, yeah, they're here for media day. They want to see your costume. I said, bro, I ain't got no costume. Like, I'm done with that. Yeah. They said, oh, no, 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 no. You got to do it like everyone is here. I said, man, I don't want to do no costume. Like, I only had three, I only had three costumes. Like, that was it. Yeah. You made me wear them out before I got to Halloween. I ain't even had enough for Halloween. <laughs> you know what I mean? So now, they like, well, we're, we're going to go get some stuff. Like, I come back, my locker full like it's Christmas. I was, damn, like, okay, I'm going to pick something. Now my old lineman, everybody chiming in, hey, do this. My wife sent this. My kid sent this. So-and-so suggested this. So I'm like, I don't really want to do it. But if you look, I had all my teammates standing behind me. That's because I had so much stuff in my locker. I never would have got to it. So I'm like, come on, Cooley. You're going to do it. Come on, Rock. You're going to do it. Liddell, come on. You know what I mean? So everybody jump out and help me. So I'm like, okay, cool. And we keep winning. So then it turned into like, you know, it turned into a positive. And, and the real reason that it ever even went past week two was I get a letter from a family and they were just saying how appreciative it was. And I never checked my mail. I never checked my mail. So I get a letter from a family and they're like, Thank you. You know what I mean? So as I read the letter, it was like, we've been waiting on, basically waiting on our grandmother to die. And she's been the glue, the backbone behind our family. But we come in the house and she's like rolling, laughing at your costume. And I just actually pictured that like, damn, that's my grandmother. You know what I mean? Like, I'm really affecting people. Like, I'm really positive in communities, you know what I mean? Like, this really helping somebody. So that was the only reason it continued in the first place. And Channing made a good point, and it made me think about something. When we were here and we made that run in 05, you were the biggest star on the team, and it wasn't even close. You know, we talked about it before the show. Like, nobody's going to talk about any other wide receiver other than Tanner Man, Santana Moss, throughout your tenure. Obviously, you had Chris Cooley at tight end, but you were the focal point. Not only the focal point of what was actually happening in football, but all those things that Channing said that were happening in DC, Chocolate City, were about you. And you become this big star and you do speak out with the Michael Vick situation, which I think your thought was the thought that many of us had and that many people had. And it was looking at it like, okay, this man did this one thing, but we've seen other people do all of these things and they aren't crucified the way that Michael Vick was, right? And the same with you, and now you're in this situation, and I don't know how many times I, I got tweeted Clinton Portis's name or DM'd Clinton Portis's name when Brett Favre, when his controversy came out, But right? With the you welfare. see how much negativity he took? None. Right, and so why do you think- Nobody talk about the millions he took. And then he had a whole scheme, you got a whole, just the messages alone that were released to the public shows you the willingness to say, hey, man, do this favor. Could you make sure no one knows? Come on. And you had none of that. I ain't none of it. I ain't asked nobody to cover up shit for me because I ain't think I was doing nothing wrong. I tapped into my own money. When I paid the money back, guess where that money at? My account. It's back in my account. Someone come in and testify 
that holds the Gene Upshaw. Gene Upshaw, right. All right, the people who actually hold the money, they had them come in to testify. The judge asked, says, so where does this money go if he doesn't use it? Say he passes away. What happens to this money? What happens to that money? It goes away. Goes away. You don't pass it down. It don't go to my kid. Nope. It don't go to my family. You know where it go? To their bonuses. It goes to their bonuses. I went to prison for my money that's going to turn into your bonus. Mm. Shit ain't adding up, man. That's heavy. It ain't adding up. Make it make sense to me. But I done did the time. I did the time for a crime I ain't commit. So what have you learned from this? Like, what are the things you take away? You talked about loyalty from certain people. I mean, you've been defrauded by financial advisors before. You know what? Before. They still out here rocking and rolling. Still out here rocking and rolling. Ain't nothing happened to them. You know, people say, oh, did you sue them? They was under LLC. They was protected. But you, they got licensed to realtors or move on. They still out here. They ain't did no time. And you know they defrauded me. You know they defrauded him. You know they defrauded T.O. You see these guys, right? You know they got Ray, they got Frankie G. You see all the names they got. They still out here. I had one, one mishap of my own money. I had one mishap of my own money. And I've been the poster child for the bad boy. Like, I turned into the Bobby Brown of, uh, of the NFL. <laughs> like, it's, you know, it's fucked up. I think when like people are gonna listen to you and understand, like you can hear it, right? The the, the passion, all that you went through, uh, the way, and I believe that changes a man, whether it's, it's it's positive or negative. Rehabilitation is not a science. And when you're talking about being in a halfway house and they telling you, you gotta get this, boom, 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 boom. And you're basically saying, I got it. Right, but you, you you still feel like they're they're trying to break you. When you say you want to be a spokesperson or you trying to help kids and you doing things, how are you going about doing that and using what you went to to do it? Man, I'm dealing with groups. I'm dealing with people that's really trying to change society. That's really trying to help uh, convicted felons re-enter the world. Because although it was it was a blessing for me to come through, it was a short time. When you meet people that's did 15, 16 years for a little silly mistake. I got a, man, I got a dude who went and did 16 years for a fake ID, basically. For a fake ID. You did 16 years for a fake ID? Come on, man, something is not right about the system. Then when I get inside, I got all these people, guards, inmates, like, bro, you're not supposed to be here. Like, we can't believe you here. When we heard you was coming, like, everybody done looked up your case. Everybody done did this. You look at my case, paperwork means a lot inside the prison, right? So obviously I was solid. You got people inside like, man, you don't supposed to be here. Then I got people who in here for real fraud. It's like, man, I ain't no, like, I damn near got less time than you. And look at this, I had, I had $7 million. I did X, Y, Z. Like you had $100,000. Like, so what you do with the money? Shit, I'm doing the time. I kept. Mm. You kept it. You kept seven million. <laughs> you kept. You kept seven million. You doing two years and finna go home on for a health problem, a health condition. <laughs> but I'm being here. I got asthma. I got everything all of a sudden, <laughs> and they ain't hearing it. You know what's crazy? My time was so screwed up 
that it was given to me. So none of the the stuff that you get, the credits or anything, would count. So if you get a year and a day, you can get good behavior, you can get out early, you know what I mean? If you get a year and a day. I got six months and six months, months one year. So if you add a day to my time, I could have got good behavior and all this. It was set up for me to go and do the full, like, I'm gonna teach you a lesson. I wanna teach you a lesson. The judge ain't even acknowledged me, man. Was it a lesson learned? Like what 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 could be if if they if they're trying to break you, like Channing said, what could possibly be a lesson for Clinton Portis in that? And yeah. what did you take from it then? Because you're not gonna learn what they want you to learn if you ain't do crap. So yeah. You know what? I'm gonna tell you, the judge said you're not taking accountability for your actions. Right? Say so you show no remorse for your actions and you're not taking accountability. So I had to sit and think about this, right? I said, well, from the start, I said my actions, I wasn't involved. I couldn't have remorse because I didn't do it from the start. So why am I being remorseful? The next thing is, it was COVID. I had a mask on. So how did you see I had no remorse? I had a mask on the whole trial, the whole courtroom did. But you're telling me I took no accountability for something I didn't do. I can't, I can't take accountability. And I damn sure can't come out and make up a story to get out of this trouble and all of a sudden pretend that I knew what you was doing or what he was doing. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know then, I still don't know now. Even in not knowing that though, Clinton, like we talked before, we're all ball players. And like I said, the two of you, two of the best I've ever played with or against, and, and it's bar none, regardless of position. Through all this, though, they take you off the Hall of Fame ballot, too. Freddie T just became a semi a semifinalist, and, like, we fired up. We understand what that means for him and how bad we want that for him. Something you work your whole life for is now taken away on top of going to jail. But not one time. You look at Brett Favre, right? People think, and I don't know Brett Favre. We're from the same place. But I love Shannon Sharp. One of my favorite teammates. I think he's an outstanding individual. Shannon Sharp think Brett Favre is dog shit, right? That's how he talk. If you listen to Shannon Sharp talk about Brett Favre, obviously his brother gave him some kind of information to say, man, it's something not right with this dude, mm -hmm. right? It's something not right. But not one time has a consideration or the punishment or anything came his way. The moment that I hit this, I've been off the ballot. Me and EJ was talking all the time, like, dog, one of us gonna get there. One of us gonna get there. Now I got a chair for Frankie G. I got a chair for Andre Johnson, for Devin Hester, for Freddie T. I'm still cheering for my people. I got my sentence and I left there and I went to, to EJ Hall of Fame. So I'm getting ready to go to prison and I'm watching my partner, my main man, you know what I mean, go and show you he ain't a convict. That, that hit home, right? That hit home. I ain't no fucking felon. I'm not a number. I'm supposed to be up here. This is where I'm supposed to be. But it ain't no hatred in me, man. I got good people around me, and I'm going to still be proud of them. You can't take away the work that I've done. You can't take it away. 
as long as you got a platform and you got to tell the truth about the people you play or he got a platform or he got a platform, somebody got to mention CP. Because yeah. in my era, you couldn't, you couldn't mess with me. No. And I know I affected. When I came out, you know what number was the number to wear? Marshall Falk had 28 popping. Freddie T had 28 popping, right? Everybody number 26 now. Yeah. Everybody number 26 now. Me and Deuce was the only two with 26. A lot of times we like to chop it up about DraftKings. And if you get to DraftKings right now, any new customer that uses the promo code PIVOT, any pregame money line wager bet of $5, that's it. If you hit it, you get $150 in free bets. And that's not all they do, Freddie T. Hey, no matter where you're at, DraftKings got something for you. We got the DraftKings Daily Fantasy. That'll put some money in your pocket. And DraftKings Rainmakers. No matter where you're at, go get that paper. And I'm coming with the same game parlays like always. I'm going to hit them in the head. Same game parlays. Same game. You bet multiple bets, you win more money. Like the boy said, man, same game parlays are hitting. But remember, there's also Daily Fantasy, and it's not just football. Get out any of your mobile devices and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. That's the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Any new customer, pregame, money line wager, $5. If you use the promo code PIVOT, you win. That's $150 in free bets. DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now back to the show. Who else had it? Robert Smith, Minnesota? Yeah, let me, I want to say this, CP, man. Um, I don't think as many backs in, in, in the history of the NFL that's had over 1,500 yards the first three within the first four years of their career. I think Barry Sanders might be the only other person. So that's elite uh, category. Um, CP, I have a, a picture on my Instagram uh, that we took at the one at EJ's Gangster Club. Gangster picture. Forever gangster. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, it, it's myself, CP, Frank G, and Edrin. That's hard. Right? I want to remove myself and insert Willis McGahee and make it a full hurricane photo. Within that picture, though, before you even say anything, within that picture, who's the best back? You know, it's to me, right? Speak your truth, man. To me, to speak my truth, it's hard to say a best back out of this crew. Because to me, my favorite player was Frankie G. Like, my favorite, my favorite player, hands down, Frankie G, Philip Buchanan, Santana. Like, those are my favorite teammates. It ain't no if fans bust a big Dre, like Ed Reed. Like, come on, man. Like, these are cold gangsters from the outside looking in. So I know a young Frankie G before the knee injury. When Frank, you know, he ain't wearing socks. He ain't got on no gloves. He ain't got on no drawers. He ain't got, he just, he just from the grove. Like, hey, man, what you doing? That's how raw he was. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's how raw he was. Edge always been giving us a game. So it's hard to say, like, damn, dog, I'm better than Edge. Right. Not when I'm calling this man the Edge done figured out everything before the game. He know how many yards he going to have. You know what, man? I'm going to get six carries. And by my sixth carry, I'm going to have 53 yards right here. He's such he a like, forward thinker, man. We like, had the man, same conversation. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, man, how? <laughs> yeah, on this play right here, I figure I'm going to set him up. That's going to be about four yards. But on this play... When Marv going motion, he gonna move the corner. So now I got, I'm gonna be one on one. Probably can get ten out of that. I'm like, e, that ain't how, that ain't how my game plan go. <laughs> like, I'm gonna set him up. I'm gonna get you. Give me this carry. You give me this play three times in a row. 
I'm popping out of the backside in a minute because I'm going to give you, I'm going to stretch it, I'm going to stay play side, and that next one I'm going to put my foot in the ground and it's going to be off to the races. Right. So in my mind, I'm thinking, you know what, I'm going to give you a little bit on these first two because this third one, boy, you're going to think I'm, uh, uh, what's your, Sonic. You're going to think I'm Sonic when I come out of this backside. So, you know, when you, when you look at those guys and then when it comes to Willis, Willis was the competitor. For me, Willis pushed me. And you're not adding Nijay. You got to think, Nijay yeah. was in front of me. You know what I mean? So Nijay before he got hurt. But Willis was that, that, that dog in my ear as I was the dog in James Jackson's ear, as James Jackson was the dog in Edron James' ear. You see what I'm saying? That's so crazy. Those for names. us, it pushed us. And me and Frankie G was like this. So while me and Willis like this, and Willis say he competing with me, I'm dropping all the knowledge on Frankie G to make sure Frankie G outperformed Willis. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, right. I'm dropping, and Frank took to me. So it wasn't like, I don't like Willis. It's just like, this the dog that's on me. You know, this right. who's spanking me. So I'm going to get this young pup all the game. I tell the same way. Man, me and Frankie G be sitting the night before the game. Hey, dog, at halftime, you coming in. Oh, CP, don't tell me that. No, you're going to get meaningful playing time. At halftime, you're coming in the game. Look at the Frankie G uh, interview where he talk about me. He said, man, you know what? CP used to tell me, I ain't staying in the game for that. You know I ain't staying in the game. I got a hundred and a touchdown? Shit, get me out of here before one of these people hurt me, man. Like, I ain't trying to play no dog time. CP, them names you said, that dynamic. That's not happening ever again in football. You talking about Edge and Frank no. and you and Willis and all. Y'all really me. waited y'all turn the ball. These kids nowadays, if they don't start as a freshman, they hauling ass in that transfer portal. Man, you know, I look, I look at the running back rooms that I was in, man, and it, it's kind of like when I committed to the U, it was from a piece of advice that Edge gave me. And we standing on the field and Edge like, man, you coming here? And I said, you leaving? Shit, if you leaving, I'm coming. <laughs> he said, man, you know, it shouldn't matter whether I leave or if I stay. You should want the competition. You don't want anything given to you. And that advice has taken me so far because in the running backs rooms that I've been in, when you talk about Willis and you talk about Frankie G, Najee Davenport, James Jackson, when I got to Denver, you got Terrell Davis, Mike Anderson, Orlando's Gary. Yeah. I come here, yeah. Liddell Betts, which was you know, Liddell and Rock, who were who were my friends. You got Sean Alexander, Larry Johnson, Willie Parker. Like, all these people I didn't I didn't have to sit in the room with. Like, I ain't never, I ain't never sit over here like shit. Oh, this dog, this dude finna beat me out. Hey, homeboy, you go out there and practice and show them what you capable of. But on Sunday, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on Sunday when I go out here and bust his lunch pail, well, you know, that's gonna change all of that. So I remember. First, first practice in Denver, uh, me and, you know, Terrell was there. And he go into the hall. They said, first team, ones come up. So we had 12 people in the huddle. And everybody, Rod Smith, Shannon Sharp, they all laughing. Pop, get out of here. Get out of this huddle. I said, man, they said ones. You know, they said <laughs> ones come up. Like, I ain't no two or no three. You know what I mean? And I look at. I look at Bobby T like, shit, I ain't playing no scout team. There ain't no scout team back. You better let him run scout team. Yeah. That was the confidence. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't no beef with, with, with Terrell, but 
You said one step up. I'm a one. I'm a one. And that and that's what what took me through it. The competition is what what made me thrive. I think it's safe to say when you look at that list, I, I want to say UM is running back you. You got well over 40,000 yards mm. in the NFL between EJ, what, 12,000, Frank, 15,000, wow. yourself, right under 10,000, 9,900, and even Willis, I think, is uh, way up there, 8, too. 8,000. Willis, yeah, Willis got over 8,000. Right. So, man, you know, like, everybody talk about all of these running back rooms, like these college running back rooms, and everybody always put up Alabama and LSU, and you look at all these running back rooms. No, they don't transcend the NFL. When you look at the people that came out of the youth during our era. That was from, one time, that was like Ed, in one space too. You're talking about Ed Reed and Sean T. Two, that's probably two out of three of the best safeties all time, right? When you talk about Frankie G, Edge, myself, Willis, like dog fire era, it's hard to go against us. You talk about the receiving core, like people don't give Dre his credit. People don't give Reggie Wayne his credit. People don't give Santana Moss. They don't get their credit. We had the tight ends before, Bubba Franks, Shockey, Kellen Winslow, Greg Olson. Like, the list continued. You see what I'm saying? Like, we had all of this at one time. These was the backups to the next guy. Not, oh, they came years later. This is a dude who's sitting in the room saying, all right, all right, wait till I get my shot. All right, you come out of this game, you want to. That's what made us so good. When I went out to compete, I would never compete, although our running backs were that good. I was never competing with them. You know who I was competing with? Ed Reed, Philip Buchanan. Looking over that saying, oh yeah, the day to day, I'm a dog him. How do I think I'm a dog Ed Reed? That's who I got to go against. He ain't going to beat me. I don't give a damn because he Ed Reed. We got to get in the sand pit. We got to do one-on-ones. I got to win, you know? So it was just one of those, again, the, the competitor in us through that era mm -hmm. made us who we were because nobody knew we was that good. Like we didn't know, we didn't know we were that good because everybody was just so competitive. And then in the locker room, we'll crank it up. Yeah, I heard about We'll that. crank it up. But when we walk out that door, you would have thought, like, damn, them dudes friends, man. Like, <laughs> Right. You don't know, man. They just finished swinging at each other. You know, like, that's what made us so good. Yo, your first two years, you're in Denver. You're a second-round pick, obviously. Should have been a first-round pick. 15 hun, both years. 29 total touchdowns. I think it's a game against Kansas City. You go for five. Uh, obviously, a pro bowler. Uh, and you were, did you request a trade or did you not request a trade? I didn't request a <laughs> trade. I sat down at Pro Bowl. I had an interview with a local beat writer that was covering the Pro Bowl. I go do the interview. I don't think nothing of it. They keep asking me, are you going to hold out, this and that? Man, man, I'm not holding out. You got to talk to my agent about that. I don't know nothing about that. You know, like, I didn't know. But I had just switched to Drew Rosenhaus. So I'm like, man, you got to talk to my agent about that. I don't, know, I don't know anything about this. Hold, I just want to play football. I'm over here having fun. I'm in Hawaii and I'm 21. Like, I'm <laughs> right. just old enough to drink. So I'll never forget it. I had an interview. And we go to the bar, and we're sitting at the bar. It's Dante Culpepper, 
Joy Porter, myself, and Peyton Manning. We sent to the bar and ESPN, breaking news, sports center, breaking news. And everybody like, man, what happened? Like, who done got in trouble? Everybody is waiting for ESPN to come back on to find out what this breaking news is. And the news come on, it's like, Clint Porter's request trade. And it was like being at the bar, remember on some of the movies where they look like they put the killer up on TV and everybody like, damn, the killer's sitting here. And they look, and I'm looking just like they looking. When you turn your head, I turn my head. Who the hell is Clint Porter? Like, I didn't request no trade. It must be another Clint Porter's. And man, three weeks later, I was out of there. How did they even tell you? Did, did they call you right after you requested the trade? Nothing happened. Then the beat writer just so happened to be uh, Adam Schefter, I, I think I'm responsible for Adam Schefter's career uh, <laughs> to this point. So Adam Schefter wrote Shanahan book. I guess they were friends, and he was filling out, you know, filling filling out my energy. So I guess he made the call. Like I don't think he's coming back, you know. But Coach Shanahan is the person who ever even Coach Shanahan gave me the game before because after my rookie year, which I had outplayed my contract. So I had an agent, David Ware. He like, man, we need to go in and renegotiate. So I walk into Coach Shanahan's office. Me, I walk into Coach Shanahan's office after my rookie year. Hey, man, like, I want to redo my contract. He said, Portis, I can give you $5 million, and you're going to come back in here again next year wanting to redo your contract again. I said, well, damn. That's, that's, that's how I go in the NFL, you know? Um, he said, you can be the first back to get $20 million. I got up, I shook his hand, boom, okay. After that next year, I came back and asked for them 20 million. So the trade came about with him pulling my card to say, I think Curtis Martin at the time had got 12.5. So it was like one of those, no back has ever gotten uh, 20 million. Curtis Martin got 12.5. It was only one place that I would go and that was to the Redskins because they were the only ones who didn't have a first round pick. Everybody else, I feel like, had an opportunity to pick me in the first round. The Redskins didn't have a first round pick. So I'm like, only place I go is DC because I had an issue with the other 31 teams in the NFL for not drafting me. So Coach Gibbs became the head coach. I got the call, this trade gonna go down. Denver called back, hey, we were trying, hey, we didn't want this to go this far. We feel like we're still going to get Champ Bailey regardless. If you want to stay, we're willing to pay you. Shit, I know I'm going to D.C. now. No. Send me on. Chad, you think the girls in D.C. better or Denver? <laughs> <laughs> you have been to Howard Homecoming? <laughs> I had to wear a neck brace on Leading straight forward. <laughs> hey, bro, you talking about you talk about the uh, the commanders now, CP? I don't know. You ain't transitioned over yet. I play for yet. the skins, man. <laughs> commanders, but Dan Snyder get a lot of heat, a lot of heat. Talking about volatile work environment, all the, he they trying to you know the rumors that he gonna have to sell the team. Something has happened with him. What was your interaction? What's your what would you tell people? I've never met Dan Snyder. How is Dan Snyder? What's your what's your I would take tell people him? that I love Dan Snyder. You know, and us as men. We don't tell other men that we love them. That's one person that I would tell, along with Coach Gibbs, like, bro, I love y'all. Yeah, I, I really love you. I love you and your family. Because you all gave me an opportunity that I never would have had. You know, I think 
because of you, I'll always be here in life. No matter the negativity in there, I'll outlast that because I'm not, I ain't killing nobody, I ain't stealing from nobody, I ain't touching the little kids, none of that. So I don't have those worries, right? So whatever it is, I'll overcome or outgrow it, like I'll outperform that within my giving spirits. But these are the people that I look to, like Coach Gibbs, man, like one of the best people you'll ever meet. That's who, who teaches you how to be a man, how to carry yourself, like how to be a stand-up gentleman. I ain't have to lie to Coach Gibbs about now. I had to go be like, Coach, oh, something wrong with me. Hey, Coach, the day ain't the day. I ain't feeling it. Like, I'm not making up no story to tell you I can't practice. Like, dog, I'm going to shoot you straight. You can't do nothing but respect me or tell me I got to get out there. And you putting me out here and it ain't in me, that's going to become contagious. You see what I'm saying? But on Sunday, show me somebody who led better than me. I agree he, with that. This was my teammate. I agree with that. I ain't had to do no talking. After the national anthem went off, I already knew what time it was. Them chill bumps come through, planes fly over. Two hours, I turn into a maniac. Soon as the game over, right back to happy go lucky. CP, what was your first carry here? It was a touchdown. It was, seven, was it 75? 67. Yeah, 67. That was the first carry. It was the first carry of my, of my first season here. You know, you, you, you see him on TV and you hear all the things. And he was always like this, though. He was chill. And I'm going to be honest, he's not actually a very good practice player. You know what I mean? So you see him at practice, you're like, oh, shoot, man, we might have a dud. Like, oh, first time he touched it. And the thing that stood out about CP was the way he blocked. And you know, this is big. This this thick CP. When he got when we when I met him and when he got to Washington, he was a small dude, man. He would he would hit. He would he would fight. You know, he was the first one, the first one out the tunnel, the last one. Then when the when, when the whistles blew, you know, you mentioned a lot of the teammates you had. He also mentioned Ed, one of our favorite teammates and fondest memories is Sean. You know, me and you have had plenty conversations about him uh, recently. It was the 15th anniversary uh, of his death, and we all cried, and he was had an opportunity to be honored, and you kind of mentioned what Dan Snyder meant to you. Dan treated Sean that way, too. When you look back on who he was, man, and your time knowing him, what some of the fondest memories you have of him? You know, man, like, often you get those moments that turn into, that stand out, right? I could think of I can think of standout moments that we had as teammates where your confidence was like this low and you thought you were gonna get cut. Yeah. And I, you know, pull you aside and we walk the facility and I'm letting you know, like, dog, you got it. Like yeah. you could do this, you could play this game. You know what I mean? You're like, man, CP, I'm undrafted. And you worried shitless, thinking you're gonna get cut. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I I pull you, hey man, you're gonna be good, dog. Like, you got this. I can even remember telling the coach him, like, they took Adam Archer Ladder, like, hey, what, are, what are you doing? You better let Ryan Clark go to take Adam Archer Ladder. Are you shitting me? Like, and coach don't even curse, and nobody curse around him. This is, like, are you shitting me? Like, you better take Adam Archer Ladder. Like, he can't talk a me in the phone booth, coach. Are you serious? You know, so when, when I look at it, when I look at the success, it's kind of like it, it takes me to the phone calls of they were going to draft Kellen Winslow who was a damn good player. And I called every day, Greg Williams, Coach Gibbs, Dan Stiper, Trout Sean T. 
and trial Sean T. And trial Sean T. And Coach Gibbs called me back. He said, Portis, all right now, you've gotten our attention. Um, you really think we should draft Sean? Cause I gotta give you some help on offense. He said, I, I really gotta give you some help on offense. We gotta get, we gotta get more points. I said, well, uh, I said, coach, you really want to help me on offense? He said, yeah, I got to help you on offense. I said, but drop Sean. He going to get the ball back. We're going to get more opportunity. <laughs> and he said, you really think that guy is this good? I said, coach, Sean T. And we won't have to say anything else. They got, they got Chris Cooley to, for what would have been Kellen Winslow. So you get Sean and Chris Cooley, you know? So I, I look at it, and it's kind of like you want to say, Damn, I'm responsible for both of them being here. And Chris was a really good friend of mine. And Sean was a really good friend of mine. So when Sean got here, I think of all the negativity. Like, to me, it'd be the stories that stand out. Like, the stories that stand out that make you, like, that make you what make me respect Freddie T. Like, I watch you beat out Quinn Callum and Elijah Williams. You know what I mean? When all the hype were on them, and then you jump out. I watch you and Javon Kirsch race down University outside of uh, the, the Florida the Theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Race, stop traffic. Hey, you talking about crazy? No, I'm in Gainesville. I'm in high school. All my partners fascinated. Like, oh, that's Fred T. That's Javon Curtis, man. F them. <laughs> oh, that's us. You know, like, that's going to be us. You know what I mean? He know it. He know this. He know I'm telling the truth. So I watched Fred T and Javon stop traffic. It was two black Benzes parked in the front of uh, Florida Theater, they stopped traffic and raced down the street, and the police was out there. Nobody said anything. How you stop traffic on the busiest? <laughs> you stop traffic on the busiest street in Gainesville. Yeah. So you can race? I'm like, damn, I'm like, dog, they got all the juice. Then they had black business in 98. Dog, <laughs> like, you ain't even in the league. <laughs> you got a four no biz. Like, hey, you know, you gotta look up to them. You gotta. To be able to see somebody in Laurel, Mississippi, I ain't had the access to see this. Yeah. In Gainesville, Florida, damn, I'm in arms reaching. I know, like, they talking about Javon being a, a top pick and how to watch this man here, like, take over. You know, like, I'm like, damn, I can do this. Like, this giving me, and then they had receivers. Y'all, the receiving court was the, yeah. the shh, who was it, Jock, uh, uh, DJ, I. Redale. Like, yeah. Redale. Come on, man. They got... Oh, they had everything. Like, they was loaded. And you still ain't go to UL. They wanted me to play DB. They wanted me to play DB. Oh, okay. And me and Lito came out at the same time. So, me and Lito come out the same time. They want me to play DB. You got Lito coming in. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to play running back. I don't want to tackle Jamal Lewis. Like, <laughs> I don't want to tackle Jamal <laughs> I, I didn't either. <laughs> It turned in, at the time, the league was going to the big backs. So here I am, 180. And you talking about, man, that's wrong backs. Like, man, I ain't scared of the contact, but I don't want, I don't want them problems. I was about to talk some trash, because we played in 07 up in, uh, up here, up in DC. And I was like, shit, I think, I, I think we, we shut down CP. Shit. No, 17 400. Yeah, I was, about, I was about to say, no, you didn't. Hey, but look, this here. Dog, one of my favorite games, we played Jacksonville. Was that 05? It's when Tanner had the two touchdowns at the end of the that, game. Yeah, the late game. With yeah. Brew, right? With Brunel. Oh, yeah. What? Man, yeah. that was one of my favorite games. I was one of the most. I knocked, I knocked Henderson and Stroud out on the same play. 
I knocked Henderson and, and Stroud out on the on same planet. play. Oh, it like, was crazy. some big ones. Then y'all had Mike Pete, yeah. and Mike Pete was from out from mm-hmm. the area too. Yeah. So yeah. I'm looking across like, yeah, they got some gangsters over there. On the, they hadn't given up. They hadn't given up a hundred yard rusher. You know what I mean? Guess who broke that? Ah. For what you talking about? Guess who broke that streak? Ah. You look at the Jets. You look at the Bears. You look at the Vikings. Guess who broke them streets? People don't talk about that. Everybody says, oh, man, Adrian Peterson did this. Man, every top defense that hadn't given up a 100-yard rusher, guess who they ain't stopped? That's what, you know, It was that, that was my fire and desire. How do you get your respect, bro? Because even we talking about even the legal side to now the football side. It just seems like you're saying, correct me if I'm wrong, you don't think you got the respect you deserve. Man, you know, the work is done. It, it ain't even about the respect, man. I think... Again, people that know me, people that know how I move, people that see me, my my respect come from what I'm doing in these communities with these kids, mm-hmm. like trying to give back, trying to be positive. Like I don't, my day not over. My impact is so huge because I got all the knowledge, I got all the game, and what game I don't got, I got a partner that I can call who give out free game all the time at Edge. So it's it's a phone call away, you know. Like we never felt like we had someone to answer our questions. But my right-hand man can answer my question. You know what I mean? Then I still got, I can still tap into you all if need be. To have someone to talk to, to bounce these ideas and conversations off, sometimes it's just talking about it. And you realize like, man, it's kind of crazy. Like, it's too good to be true. So stop stop being afraid. You know, I hate it took to 40 and all of these lessons to get to this point. But now that I'm here, I think my future is brighter than what's behind me, you know, because I ain't even at harm's way anymore. Like, everybody counting me out. It's easy selling at this point. It's under the radar, doing the things that that you enjoy doing or that you choose to do. It's not like I'm being forced to do anything. I get get to pick up the litter, you know, like, this is what I'm into. I want to help guys. I want to help felons. I want to help kids get into school. I want to help kids get an experience that all parents, you, 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 I look at your kid at Arizona State, and when he scored a touchdown, when he get a pick six, I know how you smile. You see what I'm saying? I know how you smile, as you're supposed to. But I want, I want all the kids that I get to come in contact with to get that same feeling. I want to be able to say, damn. Or see my boy, you know, he coaching now, or he got this inside track. Oh, I can, he can call Herm Edwards, you yeah. know, on Herm next job. So my goal over these uh, upcoming years is to help as many kids as I possibly can get into college. And then it's like one of those, I got kids in high school, they're freshmen. So they get an opportunity to, I can be a part of it. It's nothing pulling me away from them. You know, like uh, being at high school games, and you like, I got all the knowledge in the world. These coaches won't tap into it. Yeah. These coaches scared of me. Like, they they scared. Like, you calling this dumbass play. And I'm, I, I could tell you, no, no, here go the play that works. But you won't, you won't tap into it because you're homeboy, because you're threatened by my success or my track record. So you, you know, what is it? I'm all about the kids. I don't care about the credit. I don't, I don't care about no credit. It ain't got to, I don't have to be, Oh man, you know what? This is the head coach. The head coach ain't the one. I'm behind the scenes working. You know, I'm behind the scenes. But working. you want that gold jacket? 
I would love that gold jacket. You want yeah. that gold jacket? I would love. I, I think the work. I think the impact would be deserving of that. As as we spoke, I've never, however many games I played in my career, the D coordinator on the other team has never said, "Don't worry about 26." The goal has always been, "We're gonna stop 26," but you didn't. Right. You see what I'm saying? That's been the goal, and nobody pays attention to that. Their goal is not like he just came out and was like, we don't have to account for him. Every game I played in, he said, we're going to stop him. So in all of those opportunities that I succeeded, where them people at to tell the truth about me? You know what I mean? Like, where them people at? I think that if Terrell Davis was yeah. deserving of a Hall of Fame, uh, enshrinement in Canton, I think you are too. That's real. Um, you, you had an amazing career, obviously. Uh, if you didn't play 16 games, that was the only thing that stopped you from going over 1,400 plus. And that's crazy. And, three and years I think it was three, three years, yeah. right? But also, uh, I hit up little big bro, EJ. That, that's the perfect <laughs> person to hit, the most wisest person to hit for advice. And I said, hey, we, we vibing with CP right now. He said, what's, what's the topic? I said, man, um, you know, we don't talk, we talked about this time, you know, that, that, that we talked about UM, the best backs, et cetera, the trade. Uh, he said, you know what? CP is the best back, just the gifted runner. He said, if you took football more serious, you easily would have had 12,000 yards, but you wanted to just hunch everything. <laughs> And lastly, though, lastly, he said, I'm glad he's on the pivot. You know, he getting an opportunity to open up and, and talk talk his story. But um, you ain't got no street cred just because you did time with <laughs> Luxury Jam. <laughs> hey, you was a day camp? Man, you believe as you want to. So I was in general pop, you know what I mean? I was in general pop. Everything was open. I was behind the fence, so it, it was, you know, it wasn't, I wouldn't worry about somebody coming out and, and stabbing me up. I do my entire time, I don't use the wall phone once, right? I don't use the wall phone not one time. I don't have any visitors until my mom just made herself come. She went over my head uh, to come visit for Mother's Day. So other than that, I'm like, man, I ain't, you know, I'm not, I don't want to be a burden to somebody. like. I don't want nobody to see me behind this wall in the first place. And the people will walk by the guards and everybody else that come through. Like, yeah, you ain't used the wall phone not one time in six months. Oh, what I'm using the wall phone for? I know you listen. Right. I can't call, I can't call you and have a conversation. I can't call you and have a conversation. Like you listening to the conversation. What I'm what we gonna talk about? I got to call and have a vanilla conversation. Hey, Fred, you doing any interviews today? Like, <laughs> I want to be real. I want to have a real conversation, right. you know? So it's such a blessing. And this is crazy. Like the way East shining now, right? Mm -hmm. To watch East shine and to sit next to him. And, you know, E like the, like the, the, the glue to everything. Like, E the one who gonna cut the static or, you know, make you see big the bigger picture or the, you know, like the the financial guru, whatever it is. So to have that person in reach, like we think we gotta have this network of 
all these people. We need to be able to call on this. Man, I can call Edwin James and I can call Dan Snyder. This is the second time you talked about Dan. I know um, Channing asked you about it as well. You used the old team name because that's who we played for. Uh, now the commanders and kind of the flag that he's under. And in saying you love him, would you advocate for Dan Snyder to remain the owner of the Washington Commanders? Do you think he still deserves that team? I do. And this is, and this is what I tell people, right? If, if you know Dan, right, and you know how passionate he is about this organization, if you go back to during the seasons of every year, through the August, September, October, November, what are the people requesting? What are the people asking for? What, what is everyone saying is needed in this organization? Then you get to March, April, May. Everything that was asked for, that's what he gives you. Now, it might not be the D tackle you wanted, but he gives you a D tackle. It might not be the quarterback you wanted, but he gives you a quarterback. It might not be the wide receiver you wanted, but he gives you a wide receiver. So everything that's being asked, he gives you. Then when it doesn't pan out, which I can name a lot who didn't pan out, you get upset with it. I remember, I remember the fans want Albert Hainsworth. I remember people being ecstatic and giving Donovan McNabb the keys to the city. I remember people being, oh, Adam Archuleta, and he was running down on kickoff team. No disrespect to them, it didn't work out. Does that to you overshadow the harassment issues? Does that overshadow the misogyny? Does that this, overshadow- This is the next thing. This is what I would say about that. For everything that was asked, and this is what I was leading to, I lead to an era, 2008. I think it became, oh, Coach Zorn was so uncomfortable because Dan Snyder was always on the sideline. He was always at practice. He was always overseeing and watching everything, right? Then that became a problem. So they wanted Dan removed from the sidelines. They wanted Dan's presence not to loom so large because people couldn't deal with it. His relationship with the players, which it looks like it was just me, but you and I both know Chris Cooley, Sean, Sean Springs, Mark Brunet, everybody had a relationship with him. Everybody had their own relationship with this man, right? So in 2008, people asked for him to be removed. All of a sudden, he removes himself. He's not in the building. He's not here. He's not looming over large. What happens? He's not watching anymore. You turn the organization over. He went on, started buying boats, planes, living elsewhere. He wasn't around, right? When you look at all these stories that come out, he wasn't around. That's to me. For the years that I was there, how do you, I don't know these people, I don't know the stories, but I think I've been around Dan a lot or enough to say, <sighs> you just had that one chance encounter of no one else being in the building but you and Dan, right? Why not talk to Dan Driver? He with him every day. Why nobody ever interviewed him, right? Miss BJ, she was at the park every day. 
First face you see. First face you see. She know everything that's going on in the building. Why nobody ever talk to Miss BJ? You know what I mean? Like, if you really want to find out through any investigation, through anything, talk to the people that's really around this individual all the time. Miss BJ ain't have many sick days. She was there with a smile to greet everybody. Go ask Miss BJ what she thinks. You know, go ask the driver. You with him every day. You drive him around. Ask the security guard. You know what I mean? So I just feel like a lot of this stuff don't add up. But again, I wasn't there. So the person that I know, or the person that I would say I'm friends with, it don't add up. That's like me and you being friends. If somebody's talking about me, you gotta say, man, that ain't CP. You know what I mean? When all this negativity came out about me, you gotta say, nah, that ain't CP. That ain't CP I know. Like, shit, CP that started doing drugs or something? Cause you know that ain't me. You know what I mean? So vouch for me, stand up for me, lay your name on the line and say, I bet you, you know what I mean? Like, that's what we gotta start holding people accountable for. People can't come tell me something about Fred T. I ain't gotta talk to Fred T all the time, but if it ain't the Fred T that I know, I'm saying, nah, that ain't, nah, that ain't right. You know, I mean, I think that's the, the thing. There have been missteps in the organization and it has been, I guess, time after time of things seeming or at least the perception being a certain way, but we've had multiple encounters on this show with people that we may agree or may not agree with and talking to their friends and talking to their family. And they always say, this is what they are to me. And this is what they've been to me. And one thing to pivot can do is understand and accept that. And I thank you for coming and tell your story. For us, it was, for me, for sure, and for us as a whole, it was huge that people got to hear it from you because I think the thing was, we got the, the excerpts and you got the articles, but no one ever heard you talk about it. No one ever understood what the involvement was or how you got dragged in so heavily. And I thought that was really important, man. So we just appreciate you, bro. Uh, I think it's sad what they've done to you, especially when it comes to what you did on the grass, because that has nothing to do with anything that has to do with any NFL PA health plan, man. And for me, I'm gonna keep advocating for you. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate y'all having me, giving me the platform, so. I already know, man. It's all love on my end. And whatever it is, it's going to work out. God, you know, I'm too blessed to be stressed or worried. Like, man, God got a bigger plan, you know, and I know this. So uh, go to sleep peaceful, man. You know, I appreciate the platform. Appreciate y'all. All right. Appreciate you. Keep tapping in. <laughs> Problem. Appreciate man. you, my dog. Someday, bro. Hold up. Limitless. Take a simic cap pin in it. I father here to witness it. Get my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. No one me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a simic cap pin in it. I father here to witness it. Get my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up.